All right, welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We are on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Plenty of content on the other South Florida teams, whether it's Inter-Miami with Messi coming, the Marlins, the Hurricanes, the Dolphins, or the Panthers. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Make sure you spell that one out for the latest content without a paywall. And our great sponsors, I got our guy Arash. He's based in Sunrise. If you need a mortgage, this is the person to go to. We know that the market right now isn't the easiest. Find a professional to help you through it. You can reach Arash at 954-651-2057, 954-651-2057, or mortgagebyarash.com. We'll get you competitive rates, down payment options as low as 3%, fast closings most in less than 20 days. Credit scores starting at 620. First-time home buyer programs available as our borrower assistance programs. So check them out. It's Arash, our friend in Sunrise. You can service all of South Florida, 954-651-2057 or mortgagebyarash.com. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Yikes. Uh. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buffett said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's probably have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And we've got our guest from Miami Heat Beat. We're going to be doing something with him coming up this week as well. You can find him. He's the producer extraordinaire and one of the co-founders of heat beat brian goins you can find him at by brian goins we appreciate you joining us brian appreciate you guys very much it's fairly fun i don't think i've been on this in a few years i think i was a guest like three or four years ago when you first started uh i'll see after we kind of like <laughs> shifted away from you guys for a little bit but i'm well, happy that we're able to contribute not, more often let's now. not talk about that I've been <laughs> with you guys in a while either i guess i'm gonna get that that misspelled text from johnny at some oh, point, yeah. ask, asking me to come on. By the way, uh, let's tell people what's going on this week before we get to what this episode's about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is going to be our third annual year of doing a maybe uh, MHB Pride uh, drive. So we do a charity drive. Um, this year we're doing it with uh, a couple different. I think we did it last year with um, a couple different partners. This year we're doing it primarily with trans. Um, was let me see if I get the name trans of the. Social. Transsocial, yeah, that's the name of the of the organization we're partnering with this year. So obviously, with a lot of the different right, um, a lot of different voting rights and and a lot of different things are going on in the state of Florida. We're pushing more towards using the money that we do um, generate from all the, the donations. Um, we do auctions and we're doing also a lot of different um, raffles and stuff. So we partner with a lot of different organizations. I know we're giving away like a fifty dollar Miami Heat gift card. Um, we're also giving away a lot of different, um, you know, memorabilia shirts that we have that we posted on our merch store. But I think the one that most people, um, often gravitate towards too is the Levitard show experience. Mm -hmm. So it's a 30 we're partnering also with them. You basically, um, we're going to be able to put that on our eBay, um, for you guys to auction, um, and bid on it. And the winner so far, the last two times has gotten a chance to tour the studios and appear on a couple of episodes, or at least one episode of the 
<laughs> Alex, you're better at listening to me. What's what's the what's the one that they they do that's like off the main feed? The, uh, the with, with just the with the just a shipping container. Mystery, oh, mystery crate? yeah, mystery crate. That's what I was, I was oh, thinking. Okay, so yeah, you'll basically be able to get on an episode of that. Plus, you um, also get lunch with the shipping container crew. So it's a pretty cool experience. Um, I know the last two winners who went on it, um, you know, loved it a lot. So I'm hoping that we can keep this going for years and years and years to come. All right. So that's on the 27th, and, I, and some yep. of us will be joining you on that as well. And we're going to throw. Yeah, the auction back. starts on the 27th, and they'll go on for five days from then. Okay. And we're we're going to get uh, five reasons involved in that too, uh, with some of our merchandise also. So we'll talk about that uh, off the air. Let's get to the Miami Heat here. We've got a couple new episodes that are up, so make sure you check those out. I did two with Greg over the weekend um the first one we went through the assets we ranked the heat's various assets yeah and and that seemed to irritate some folks but check it out a lot of people <laughs> listen to that episode uh, and too. the second part was which actually as we're recording this it just dropped which is uh we talked about what is the line for dame so this episode is going to kind of combine those things in some ways and so we wanted to go over uh, Brian uh, is kind of a cap expert here, and so without Greg here today, uh, he's going to fill in on that role, but we're going to deep dive on that a lot more and just get into what the Heat's financial situation actually is, cap and tax, what they can do, what they can't do, what the new CBA affects. Uh, we hope that we get all of this right because we know that the Heat listen to these episodes, and whenever something has gotten wrong, I get it. I get a strongly worded text or somebody sees it on our off-the-floor feed, which I guarantee you we are not hiding from people. That's not the reason that we put that stuff behind a paywall. Where we're going to be right here out in the open. So, Brian, let's get to this. Um, sure. Where do they stand, I guess? Like, with who's under contract right now and who's not, which we know that, you know, once the, the league year switches here, Kevin Love is a free agent, Cody Zeller is a free agent, Max Struess is a free agent, Gabe Vincent is a free agent. But let's get to who they actually have under contract and where that puts them. So right now they have eight players rostered. That's assuming that they sign Jaime Hawkins, which hasn't been official yet, but his um, salary would end up becoming $3.6 million according to capsheets.com. So I'm using their salary. Um, the new CBA um, hasn't really been official yet, so we're still waiting on that to be basically put out there. But uh, the NBA did put out a like a memo, I think, in the last couple of days. Uh, Sham basically confirmed that it's going to go up by about $3 million on each of the levels that um, that all the MA teams are basically going off. So the new cap is now at 136 million. New tax level is at 165. The first apron, first tax apron is at 172. And the second tax apron is at 182.5. Okay. So, so what, yeah, go ahead. Let, let's start here and then I'll let Alex jump in on this. Uh, it, so no matter what the Heat do, just to establish this at the very beginning, they're going to be over the salary cap, correct? Just let, let's simplify this for fans at the very beginning. Yeah, and the tax. Well, and no, tax. no, one at a time. I'm trying to. I'm trying to talk to people like they're five here. Okay, I just want to. I, I want to be clear on this. One yes. at a time. They're going to be a sal- They're going to be over the the cap, right? So there's no. So none of the under the cap things apply to the Miami Heat, correct? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, I'm looking at it one more time. I was actually looking at next year's um salary cap um numbers. Not not next year's salary cap numbers. Next year's um roster. I'm actually going to rephrase this one more time. So they actually do have 10 players under contract. I, I misspoke. But um, Jaime Hawkins' contract still isn't fully um, official yet, but his actually starts at $3.5 million. Regardless, they're over their luxury tax line, which I already said was $165 million. Mm-hmm. 
They're currently totaled with just these 10 players under contract at 176.6. The luxury tax line is at 165. So regardless, they're over the cap, which is 136. They're over luxury tax line, which is at 165. They weren't over luxury tax line last season. Mm -hmm. So they're already entering the season. And this is not even including the extra four minimum players that they would have to add just to have a bare minimum NBA roster. Uh, If we're going to talk about that, we can add those four uh, vet minimum contracts, which would be, say, their 10-year minimum. So the NBA has like these vet minimum contracts that you can sign for more than the the two plus. um, So the NBA veteran minimum contracts, you can basically sign them uh, above a player making like two years of experience. Mm -hmm. And every time you sign them, the vet minimum gets a little bit higher up until the 10-year mark. But what's cool is that the NBA actually reimburses teams to basically incentivize them to sign some of these veterans rather than just you know racking up one or two year veteran minimum um, you know experienced players. So let's no matter if you go out and get a guy like they did last year, like Cody Zeller, who made it into that two point million range, he's making actually more than that. The just the Heat get reimbursed. So for this NBA season, now that the the CBA is um, or the salary cap is going up by that you know, roughly 10% for the season, it's going to be 2 million point 19 million. So basically it's just over a hair over $2 million um, that that vet minimum is going to be. So if you're charging all those and you're getting to that 14 man roster, then that means you're, you're basically going to be at least 22 million, 22.7 million over luxury tax line over the first hard cap line. You're going to be over 15.2. And then the one that people usually care about the most is that second apron, so entering, this is not counting if Max come back or Gabe come back. You're already going to be over $2.2 million. And that's assuming Victor also opts into his player option, which most assume is going to happen. And I also counted that maybe Kevin Love comes back using his non-bird rights, which is 120% uh, increase of his um, biannual exception that was used last season. So if you bring him back, his number would end up becoming... Um, a little bit over three million. It's it's honestly is not that big of an increase that he was making before. Mm-hmm. It helps, but it's not honestly like a whole lot. Um, you basically, it's you either sign him or you have to replace him with that minimum player. So I believe the Heat would probably bring him back at that level. If so I you're saying like. that um, basically, with Kevin Love returning and with veteran minimum players only filling out the rest of the roster, no Gaber Max, the Heat are in the second apron. Yes, correct. <laughs> Now, there is a way from the get on there. I did tweet this the other day. It includes waving and stretching Victor Oladipo and then not bringing back Gabriel Vape or Gabriel oh, Max. All right, so you slow, down. Still... Or, or yeah. slow down. Slow down. Slow down. This is why I say I, I don't want us to jump ahead because otherwise we're gonna, everybody's going to hit the snooze button on this stuff. I know. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so just to be clear, okay, because I, I just want us to be clear for Heat fans who automatically jump to the conclusion of Mickey doesn't want to spend any money. That may ultimately be true, but he really doesn't have a choice. So let's 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 at least to a certain degree. So let, let's start here. First part of this is they're over the they're they're over the salary cap. We know that foregone conclusion. For over the first apron, foregone conclusion. Correct. There's really nothing. I mean, Andy can stand on his head. There's really nothing they're going to be able to do to get under the first apron of the luxury. You, they're going to pay luxury tax. Correct? The only option they have if they want to get under the first apron and maybe open up that mid level exception, which is the non taxpayer mid level. Which right now actually went up to twelve point four million for this current um, upcoming league year. They would have to basically dump Kyle Lowry's twenty nine point six million dollars salary 
to a team that basically can absorb into cat space, which there are a couple of teams that could do it. San Antonio. And then, and then basically sent like attach a pick or two and then hope that, uh, basically they don't get any money back. They throw all that into cat space. Then yeah, you could get an under, um, it's it's very hairy, but you could probably open up the twelve point four million dollar uh, non taxpayer exception, and you're filling out the rest of the roster with minimum still. I don't know if that's worth it for Miami to do personally, but it is an option if they really want to go down that route. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Alex jump in here, and and he's gonna ask the next three questions. But I just I just want to be clear on this. No, I, I, I want to be clear on this because I, I this is the type of stuff people start to roll their eyes, but it is it means everything. Okay, it means yeah. everything in terms of when we start talking about players, right? They're going to be over the cap. They're going to be over the, t- the first apron because they're not going to do that thing. There's not enough teams for them to trade Lowry into cap space that are actually going to want him uh, and are going to take the Heat's picks for it. So they're going to be over the first apron. And the only question is how close are they going to be to the second apron and what can they do to stay under it, right? Okay, so yeah. you made this point about the, the mid-level. So there's one name that Greg mentioned, and I'm just going to use him as an example, and then Alice is going to go on the rest of this. Brooke Lopez is a name that, like, for example, the Heat fans keep saying, yeah. just go get Brooke Lopez. Like, that'll solve the problem. Like, play him as the five next to Bam. He's a great defender. He's a great team guy, et cetera. You weak in Milwaukee. There's no way in hell that can happen. Correct, Brian? The only way I could see it happening, and it, it is very unlikely, is if they somehow, and I really mean somehow, like, they would have to trim enough salary to maybe open up the five million, and you got to convince him to take that Lamarcus Aldridge discount to a point where maybe you guarantee him that he'll. He's not even guaranteed to make any more because you're still only bringing him back with non-bird rights because you wouldn't have his bird rights still. That's the only way I could think of because he can't facilitate a sign trade because they're way over the first apron. So obviously, in, the, in years past, Heat fans are familiar that oh, Miami can can get whatever free agent that they want if they if they get a meeting with them because you know any can swing together. Uh, enough under the salary cap, or at least if they're over the salary cap, they can swing enough to facilitate that sign and trade that they usually do. It's like one of their main things. They did it with Jimmy. They did it with Kyle. They don't have that ability right now that they could really even get a, like a meeting to kind of even pitch that as an idea because they have to trim like over 30, 40, maybe even $50 million, depending on how much you're, you're planning to sign this free agent that's going to come that sign and trade. So, to me, that seems very, very unlikely. It It is a possibility for next season if you keep your expirings and let basically let Lowry and Oladipo walk next year. But then you also have to consider the fact that are you bringing back Gabe and Max? Mm. So that's kind of like an idea for like next season. But entering this offseason, I wouldn't even look at the free agent market. Anyone that's making more than the vet minimum, unless you think that he can get under the, the second apron enough to open up $5 million of that tax pyramid level, yeah, I don't think there's really a possibility for them to go after uh, a guy like Brick Lopez, which I would very much like on the Heat roster. I think he would be a great fit next to Bam. Um, but to me, it seems like their other teams are well positioned. You know, teams like Houston that have cat space. Obviously, uh, Milwaukee can bring him back. You know, with bird rights, and I just don't think Miami can even put out a, an offer that he would even consider. Alex, go. And so. Just like with Brooke Lopez, that kind of applies to any other free agent in the class. And like you said, it would the number that they would have to clear out to be able to get to a non-taxpayer mid-level, which is whatever it is, five, six million. It just, man, it, it's it's going to be hard just to do that. So they're basically out of the picture for anybody that's a free agent this summer, right? 
And then that doesn't even get into the Gabe and Max stuff. Like you said, they're gonna they're a second apron team as it stands without those guys. If you bring back Kevin Love um, on his, you said it, it was a, the non bird rights, right? <clears throat> yeah, using his non-bird rights, he'll, he'll end up making three point seven seven million, um, just under four million, basically, with his non-bird yeah. rights. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why it gets tough. Like, I feel like they might have to work some stuff out just outside of like what we all want, which is upgrades, whether or not it's a star. You know, they get a couple of more helpful rotation players outside of that conversation, which of course is relevant. Like, I wonder what they're gonna try to do to see if they can retain both of those guys, even though I think the consensus right now is that they won't be able to retain both. But to me, I get skeptical because I'm like, you're well, we going to be in apron anyways. Right. <laughs> so yeah. like, why pick one? I, I guess just because the, the price becomes so much bigger on them than, than what it would normally be. Uh, sure. What do you think? They, do you think they're going to try to only retain one because they don't want to pay the, the price on both of them? Do you think they try to get creative and maybe dump someone and throw in a pick? Uh, I don't know. What do you think they're, they're going to, they're going to go for there with the Gabe and Max situation? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting um, dynamic that they're going to have to sort through. So it's, it's kind of like, do you want to dip under enough on the second apron to open up a, a mid-level? Is that even worth going down that far or that well, at least trimming enough salary to even open that up as a possibility? Is there even a player that really wants to sign for 5 million when they could still make just under like maybe a million or 1.5 million short with the vet minimum. If they're like a 10 year plus veteran, like there's to me, it doesn't seem like Miami would really go all out to just open up a $5 million uh, mid-level exception. It, it went down. So with the new CBA, it used to be like 7 million or almost 8 million. It was supposed to go up this year. And then with this new CBA, they basically trimmed it down just to five. And even with the increase that just went up by 1.5% that was released by the NBA, they still didn't increase that tax pyramid level. So they kept it at five. And you can't just go. So if you use that tax pyramid level, you're also hard capped at the second apron, which is something new that they haven't done before. They've done it at the first apron before in the past. But this time they've actually hard capped you now at the second apron. So even if you like were able to basically get under the second apron, you still have to have at least $5 million in space to be able to use that exception. That's that's assuming you've already met like the minimum roster requirements before you use that exception because the second you use it and you go over the apron, you can't use all 5 million. You can only use as much as you can before you cross that number. So to me, there's a lot of variables in Miami's path just to be able to open that up as a possibility entering free agency. And they're not there yet. I think in order to get there, they have to have a decision made on Oladipo if they're going to wave and stretch him or if they're going to trade him. Cause he's obviously like a salary that they could possibly use to, to get under. Um, you're also making a decision on if you're bringing back Gabe or Max, because if you're basically not bringing them back, you're bringing back a player. You can only replace them with a player making the vet minimum or a player making that mid level. If you're under enough to get there. But if you're saying you're bringing back one of Gabe or Max, then to me, I think you basically would have to assume that Max is probably gone. I think Gabe is back. Yeah, because to me, he seems like the one that they need more. Because if you're already basically saying, "Hey, Duncan's on the roster for next season," and you didn't play him that much, and now he's gonna be making eighteen point one million dollars next season, I think if you're if you're Mickey, you're like, "Yeah, we should probably play him more because we're gonna be paying close to twenty million dollars for next season." Mm. And unless they can like trade him, then I think uh, it's very likely that maybe they just bring back Gabe. All right, we're we're gonna after the break, we're gonna talk about two things. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
whether or not it would have been worth it to go in on, on Beal under the circumstances. And now, sure. and then we're going to get into Dame and how this plays into it and then kind of wrap it here with what else can they do if that doesn't work out? But it is sounding to me like this is why they drafted a 22 year old rookie because they're going to need their rookie to play. Like it, it's, it's pretty clear that they're going to be, I mean, unless they get Dame, their roster is probably going to be worse than it was last year. Uh, it looks like, because again, we start to talk about Gabe and Max uh, and what you're going to replace them with. You're probably not going to replace them with players uh, that are going to be as good as them. You're going to need internal improvement and all those words that he fans hate to hear. But before we do, uh, these are people that you should want to hear from, or you should want to reach out to if you have any kind of a problem in your home. So leak mold, anything like that. Our friends over at water cleanup of Florida, can they clean up the heat's cap? We're going to reach out to Michael Robert and the team about that because we know that they're big Heat fans and maybe they can help Andy out with that. WCUFL.com. That's WCUFL.com based in Boca Raton, but they service the entire area. They've also got a preventative program. So we know that the insurance company's not all that helpful after the fact, right? So why don't you prevent a disaster from occurring? Reach out to Water Cleanup of Florida and it's WCUFL.com. They got more than 70 uh Five-star reviews on Google. They're just good people. If they can't do the job, they will tell you. They're not going to try to hustle you. I've had everybody I've sent to them has had a great experience. Reach out 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Alex, you got to do it this time. Greg's not here. If you got the schmutz. They've got the guts. Look at that. That was excellent. All right. Also, I want to mention our friends over at Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. Get $20 to play right away. This is legal sports betting because you're betting against others who use it. And also in tournaments, you're not betting against a bookie or anything like that. They're based in Minneapolis, not a place like Costa Rica where you don't know if you're going to get your money. Trust me, you will get your money. It's legal. It's above board. It's legal in 44 states. Check them out at betteredge.com. That's with an O, betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN and get $20 uh, to play. All right, just real quick here. I don't want to spend a ton of time on because he's gone. He's already being introduced in Phoenix. But would it have made sense under the current circumstances for the Heat to have gone after Bradley Beal more aggressively maybe than they ultimately did? I mean, it depends if. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products, and that's why I use Harry's Shaving products. I love the way it handled. I love the way it looks, and I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard So better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. means you can use them longer. And also, they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as 2 bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you feel like Miami could have gotten him at a discount, it seemed like they probably still would have had the trade probably two first-round picks. The amount of stuff that Phoenix gave up, what was it, like six or seven second-round picks plus two pick swaps? Which, four to me, those pick swaps, swaps those picks, well, yeah, the four picks. I feel like the first two don't even count. The last two are the ones that I'm more, like, Correct. intrigued Thank by. You. I feel like it's like two and a half. <laughs> Just off 2026, you know, with some of the injury stuff with Beal, KD, like, there's a chance uh, of 2026. Maybe, maybe. But it, to me, the ones... Pick swaps. Yeah, the ones of, like, 2028, I think, or in 2030 were the ones I was, like, more intrigued by because I feel like those could be, like, the Brooklyn ones. Uh, from years ago where they kind of like gave that up to Boston and Boston basically like made out pretty good in that trade um, from years ago. So I feel like that way, to me was the, the one I was more intrigued more at 20 because of a pick swap. Yeah, exactly. So I think if I'm, if I was looking at, at that trade, that was like, to me, like the best that um, Phoenix gave up in terms of what kind of assets they had left, which they have zero now, basically all they have is just a pick that they could trade at the, at the trade deadline, basically every, every other year now for the next seven off seasons. So it's pretty bad. Um, at least for Miami, I think what they could have done is yeah, maybe he could have gone after that, but in a way, like he's making the same amount as Damian Lillard, like just like a couple of million dollars short. So like, to me, if you go after Dame or if you go after Bradley Beal, it's going to be about the same cap hit. It just depends on what, what kind of salaries you're giving up to match. And, and to me, I feel like if you were doing that trade for, for Bradley Beal, if it would have probably been more beneficial for, for a team like Washington to take on those two expiring contracts, which I thought was going to happen for Miami. And it seemed like from what you guys were reporting, it wasn't really an offer on the table, but I thought Victor and, and Kyle Lowry's expiring salaries could have made that trade happen in this league year. And then you toss in whatever other premium assets that you think you could toss in could have been one or two first round picks, which maybe by then the Miami basically consider that to be a little too much because if you, if you consider that they're giving up their two expiring contracts, you still have Tyler on the roster. You know, those are a lot of, ex- of salaries that you're basically accepting a huge tax bill for this year, but then you don't have that buffer for next year that comes off the books. And to me, I think that was what was a, um, that was like the holdup the entire time. It seemed like they, they wanted to just give up only one of those expiring contracts, tie in a guy like Duncan Robinson, who they could give up and, and it helped their cap books, you know, beyond this season, this season, they're already basically going to be accepting the fact that they were going to be a big taxpayer, but you know, you're hoping that, you know, as the CBA kicks in, you, you know, your salaries go up by 10% each year as they're projecting that by, you know, next season and, and seasons beyond that, and as Duncan Robinson's um, salary comes off, and maybe if if Kyle Lowry was still on the deal, it wasn't in the deal, or maybe if Oladipo was in the deal, that extra $10 million comes off the books, 
yeah, it helps your tax bill a lot, you know, in, in seasons forward. But for this season, I feel like if you're trying to go all in, it made sense to at least go after him with the two expirings. And then you figured out the rest later. It didn't seem like that was an option for them. Alex, jump in here. I mean, it, and I'm, I'm curious how you guys would debate the Dame thing, if it, if it works out or if it doesn't work out and how it affects them financially. Yeah. Well, the debate part, I don't know, because I kind of feel, I mean, I always defer to Brian when it comes to cap stuff. He is, you know, Albert Namad Jr. with that. Uh, and I, I, it comes down to, like he said, I think be end up being a similar type of thing where you're, you know, you're paying a, a whole lot. You're absolutely going to be a second apron team. Like you likely are going to be anyways. It's, it feels almost inevitable. And look, if anybody can figure out a way to get them under, it's Andy Ellisberg. But I don't think Heat fans are looking at the summer like, yeah, we got to make sure to stay out of that second apron. I don't think that's the goal that everybody has uh, yeah. with this offseason from the fans' perspective. So um, outside of those guys, because we would we would all love Damian Lillard, right? Um, let's say that doesn't work out. I think what fans want to see different this time from last summer is an ability to try to acquire one or two more rotation guys. And as we know, um, they don't have any way to do that via free agency at the moment. It's going to be very unlikely that they get under enough to get to even a non, I mean, the, the taxpayer mid-level, not to mention the non-taxpayer mid-level. So everything is about trades. Um, it, Dame thing goes out the door, doesn't happen. He just decides to stay in Portland, right? Maybe that gets deferred for a half a year, a year, however long it takes. How? What types of moves would they be looking at that would actually be a realistic way to kind of um, – you know, improve the roster. I don't know if, I don't even know if like Zach Levine is a part of this, right? Cause I think that's kind of where people would pivot, including us, if the Dame thing doesn't work out. But as far as like rotation players, do you, do you see something out there that makes sense uh, for the heat as far as like, cause they had the expirings, but yeah. do they want to send out an asset along with the expirings to get somebody like a Dorian Finney Smith who might not change your world, but will make your team better or one or two of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, they do have a tax, um, not taxpayer. They have a the trade exception with Devin, which is still worth $4.7 million. They can still use that. Um, they can use that either in a trade or if they want to maybe um, claim somebody off waivers if somebody makes um, that amount. So that's still like a vehicle that they can use. That's an exception that doesn't trigger any kind of hard cap. So that's a possibility in terms of like an exception that they can use going into the season and that doesn't expire until a trade deadline. So it's something they can, they can use up until the trade deadline um, for next season. But if we're talking about strictly this off season. Yeah. If we're, if we're just talking like trades, like, yeah, it has to be, in my opinion, like you're breaking up some of these larger contracts. So a guy like, you know, Kyle Lowry making $29.6 million. If can you, can you maybe trade him into two or three players making less and, and maybe you might be able to find, a couple players um, for Duncan's contract as well, who's making $18.1 million. Like to me, those are the guys that, you know, if you're looking at this roster, they're probably making a little bit more than what they're worth. They're still like almost neutral. Like, at least I think Kyle, like you guys were saying in the last episode, like Lowry is a neutral asset. I feel like he can get you something just because he's the expiring and you might have to take a, a contract or two that are at least maybe extending a few years in advance but to me, I feel like that might be worth it because you're obviously you're if you basically accept the fact that maybe you can get two or three players, then you take away one of those vet minimums that was making two million I was mentioning earlier, and then you can kind of play the books with that. You know, you kind of free up some of those roster spots, 
and in a way it helps you balance out your your cap look for this year and then maybe for next year and moving forward so that's an option um beyond that like honestly i don't know it really depends on how much miami is willing to give up on this roster you obviously have a couple of rookies now on, on uh, we're gonna be on rookie contracts moving forward with jaime hawkes and nikola jovich um hawkes is gonna be making about 1.2 million dollars more than jovich surprisingly still even with um what he signed last season. So, I mean, he's entering his second season in his rookie salary deal. You got Haywood Highsmith at 1.9. He's actually the cheapest player in your roster. So you have some like cheap salaries, but then it really comes into play like, hey, are you bringing back Max or Gabe? Because if you're bringing them back at 10 or $12 million, then then that's when I feel like Miami is really going to look heavily into trimming some of the the bigger salaries in that roster. And then maybe you're accepting the fact that you're, you're going to be taking less back in terms of salary. So Would it really be- just depends on how they want to play that um, with, with how they negotiate their trades. Because obviously you're looking at the extreme with Lillard, who's going to be making 45. And then you mention a guy like um, Zach Levine. He's only making $5 million less than, than, than Lillard. So who do you think is making less be- below that? I guess maybe if you're thinking a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, then yeah, he's making about I think 12 or 13. Those are guys that maybe Miami would want to pursue. And that makes more sense. Yeah. And I, I think that's ultimately where they're going to head. Um, if and when the Dame stuff doesn't work out. Um, I, I think the other thing that I kind of went through my head while you were talking there, as far as the Gabe and Max stuff, talk me out of it. Why wouldn't it be <laughs> just the better option to keep both at this point? I know the tax bill will be through the roof and just not trying to overestimate like what Andy Ellisberg can do, but I'm starting to think, and, and, and I know a lot of Heat fans are not going to like the sound of this because of kind of the history of it. The tradable contracts argument, right, that's happened in the past with like a Deadman or a Myers Leonard. Um, you keep the guys instead of losing them for nothing and having to replace them with a veteran minimum. And you hope that, I mean, considering both were, have been playoff starters for you for two straight deep playoff runs, you hope that, you know, they'll work out and that you can kind of, you, at that point, you'd be betting on being able to figure something out via trade and just being like, we're going to keep our two guys because we're going to be in the second apron regardless. You know, even if we decide to only keep one, even if most likely, even if you decide to keep neither. So it's like, go all in, keep your guys, keep that narrative going of you're going to get paid. If you come to the heat and develop and work and do all that, not only that you have tradable contracts. And to me, it's like, it's going to be about the trades regardless. So why not just keep the guys who you already like? Yeah, I think part of it is because um, the tax bill will be really high. It's the first time that Mickey's basically been paying the tax since, well, I guess you can count the year that they acquired Jimmy because they did go over mm. the luxury tax barely. It was like a couple of million dollars that they went over. They were still under the hard cap, but they had a little bit of uh, a buffer between. Um, but Brian, they made, sure, they made sure to correct it right after. Because yeah. Pat said they hadn't been in the tax in a while and the heat made it clear to the beat guys afterwards that they had and they want to make it clear to the fans that the owner is willing to spend money, even though, like you said, it was within a couple million dollars. Yeah. I think the last time they pay more than like $10 million in tax was like the very, I think the second to last year in the LeBron James era, the big three era. It was like a, t- I have to find that tweet I had. And then it was like, see Mike. Yeah. It was just barely over $10 million that they paid in tax. Obviously a different, um, <laughs> different uh era back then because contracts right now are crazy i think lebron james was making like 18 or 17 million at that time so 
I mean, looking at it now, Jimmy Butler is your your highest paid player at forty five. So, but Brian, different Brian, actually, just one more. I, I tweeted this out. Uh, first year, LeBron, Chris, and Dwayne were in Miami. They made a combined forty three million. That's insane. <laughs> the Suns, this and and everybody said that it was unfair. The decks were stacked, whatever, in favor of Miami. The Suns, quote unquote, big three now makes exactly one hundred twenty nine million this year, which is exactly three times. So essentially. You got LeBron, Dwayne, and Chris for the same price as one of Beal, Durant, and Booker for this season. So, yes, salaries on the top end have essentially tripled since then in 13 years. So, yes. <laughs> so, so, with all that said, yeah, so, with all that said, and we're talking about you know, Miami bringing back any of these guys like, like Gabe or Max, the reason why I say one or the other is because – that tax bill is going to be insane to, to a point where I'm, I'm like, I don't know how they're going to be able to afford even one of them. Like it's, it's that bad. Cause it depends on like, what do you guys believe either, um, either of them going to make on the market? If you're thinking one of them make is going to be making around that non-taxpayer mid level, which is around 12.4 million. And I'm actually, I was looking at a story recently by Keith Smith. He was projecting like how many teams actually have like that, um, that exception available. There's not many. It's there. There's a few. There's teams like Charlotte, Chicago, Cleveland, Dallas, uh, Memphis, Minnesota, New York, the Knicks, uh, Portland, Toronto, and the Wizards. Now, some of those teams have to get um, basically rescind some of their cap holds. So a team like Portland would have to rescind their cap hold on a guy like Jeremy Grant, um, things of that nature. Um, but if you're looking at those teams, like those could be the potential guys that might you know submit those offers with the mid level for a guy like Gaber Max. So those Imagine are teams that they stand out to me there. Yeah, I mean it's possible they just um, mm-hmm. they're basically pushed back the date for Josh Hart. Um, recently, I saw, and then they also declined the team option on Derrick Rose. So it seems like, and it, and it was something that Albert Naman actually tweeted yesterday. Like they're preparing possibly to enter some sort of like hard cap apron. Yeah, I think you only do that move if you feel like there's a guy that's out there and you need more time to decide how exactly you might want to approach that either via trade. Mm-hmm. or by just restructuring books with a guy like um, uh, Josh Hart, who I think they want to bring back, but they might want to see if they can find a way to bring him back at a different salary than the one he was making previously. Yeah, and, and I know Greg put on our off-the-floor feed that the Naz Reed contract might be a guide of some yeah. kind. About $14 million per year might be a guide for Struis and Vincent. But again, it comes down to the circumstances the teams involved. You really only need two. Like you talk about like there being about a dozen teams that might have that vehicle. You need two. You need two, two teams – that are bidding for a guy's services and then he'll get up to that mid-level. And that that's the concern with someone like Max or, or Gabe. And I got the feeling just listening to Max's postseason presser that he kind of understands the circumstances there to a certain degree. And, and I, my guess is he's a sharp guy that they've kind of explained it to him in some regards. And I, I don't expect him back uh, not because they don't want him back, but because of some of these financial realities we're looking at and the fact that point guard is more of a premium position in the nf in, in the nfl in the i sound like a quarterback with nfl uh in the nba and that gave may hold more value to them as a result of that and that's kind of where i'm going but i guess to sum this whole thing up because this is this episode is going to depress the heck out of heat fans here and and we don't mean to do that but kind of what alex is getting at is sort of the point like Heat fans are going to be infuriated by the whole idea of a running it back okay or B, giving outside con- outsized contracts to retain former undrafted players, because these are two things that Heat fans consider to be mistakes, right? Running it back 
and overpaying guys who were your developed guys, right? And in the past, both of those things, running it back, obviously the Heat made the finals this year, mostly running it back, but they were an eight seed that had to go through the play-in, okay? Yeah. And, and the other thing is I've talked many times about why overpay your own guys when you can just develop more of those types. But Alex has hit on it. It may be the best case scenario for the Heat this year. Like that may, I mean, if, if the Dame thing doesn't work out, with the lack of options that they have in free agency with what their financial situation is. I mean, it's he fans are going to hate me for saying this. I mean, it may be a win if they just bring Gabe and Max back and they get more out of Jovic than last year. And they get something out of, uh, out of Jaime Yaquez and, or I mispronounced his name for the 60, 65th time. Um, like I, I just we're tempering expectations for a reason here, right, Brian? Like as we close, so, like let's. Uh, so I have this cap sheet open right now. Do you want to play around with this? Do you, how much do you think Gabe and Max are going to make? See, I, I've been told everything on the open market from Gabe from eight to fifteen million per. Let's put him at let's put him at twelve. That's twelve each. Yeah. So if we're talking twelve million dollars, and I'm I'm assuming that in this case. They found a way to wave and stretch um, Old Depot salary, mm-hmm. which would yeah, open up. To do that it's a three point one five million dollar dead cap, but they save about six million dollars in this cap year. So in a way, that six million dollars can go towards one of these twelve million dollar contracts. Just doing one, or how about this? Just doing one raises your 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 luxury tax hit to about set your tax bill to seventy two point nine million. That's twelve million. And that means you have a vet minimum making two. If you're doing both, and this is this is to the point where you're already are taking a cap hit for this year and the next two off seasons with Old Depot. You're, if you do two at twelve million, your tax hit, your tax bill goes up to about one hundred and twenty million dollars. <laughs> and then you're filling out two roster spots at vet minimums. You sign Jaime Jaquez, and then it, this is also assuming that they bring back Kevin Love okay, with like those non bird rights. Uh, they might not even want to because yeah, <laughs> every dollar you're up in this tax bracket, which I'm up to the 5.25 um, base factor, which is if basically when you're over 35 to 40, between 35 to 40 million dollars, this is a tax bracket where you hit to like that, where every dollar is basically worth like five bucks <laughs> when you're over. So that's why this tax bill is so high. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a lot. And if they were a repeater tax team, that would be a $157 million tax bill. So they're not. Um, they tried to bring back They would probably try to attach an asset to get off of one of their bigger. Oh, absolutely. To to back as little money, right? That would probably be the next move, logically. Exactly. So say say we did that scenario where we just dumped Lowry salary for nothing, and you just signed mm-hmm. a vet minimum to replace him, your tax bill goes all the way down to fifteen million dollars. So to finish this up. Okay, and we thank our sponsors. We thank Brian for joining us. Uh, join us uh, for the special stream that we're going to have on the 27th uh, coming up this week. And also thanks to our sponsors, Water Cleanup of Florida, Mortgage by Arash, and Better Edge. Use code 5RSN. Just to sum this up, like, I mean, essentially, let's say you trade for Dame, okay? It's in the yeah. Heat's interest to pretty much trade every playable asset that they have right now, right? Like, and I mean, like Jimmy, Bam, Dame, and a bunch of minimums, right? Isn't that kind of the only way you're going to get, if that's even achievable with what yeah. you're talking about with the mechanics of all this, but you're almost better off trading Caleb Martin, even though you'd like to keep him because even though he's not making a lot, 
when you start doing the multipliers on the hard on the on the second apron and all the rest of this stuff, it turns out to be a lot. Like, is that, I mean, is that what you would be looking at? Jimmy Bam, Dame, and a bunch of Haywood Highsmiths, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, or, I mean, or Jamal Keynes or Orlando. You, I mean, and then and then still Kevin Love on that number, right? It's making three point seven. Like, yeah, there's there's guys that they could bring back slightly above the minimum. Um, and then you have you have Haywood Highsmith. I'm I'm already looking at a scenario where they do bring back Dame. It's a lot. Um, I guess it kind of depends on like who's going out in that trade. Who do you guys envision? Right. Is it Tyler Hero going out? See, I don't and know if it, Tyler goes out in that trade, but I think he goes out in a in a because there's a scenario where they can make that trade without Hero's salary, and they can use Hero in a different deal. It really depends on like between Hero and 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 Lowry, which one they want to send off. If they're just doing straight, just for Dame, not including a guy like Nurkic, because then that that becomes a different deal. But like I was thinking um, before in the past, like hey, if you trade maybe a guy like Hero, you keep your expiring salary for next season that comes off the books. That will help you in the future going forward, managing your 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 tax bill, and obviously you're going to be under the second apron with a move like that. If you can save some of the expirings in in this deal, I don't know how Portland would feel about that. But if they if they were able to manage that and say they traded Tyler, a guy like Caleb, and then a guy like maybe Jovich, they can make that deal work in the Heat's favor by you know limiting their tax bill in future years going forward. And like you mentioned. Caleb's on that uh, $6.8 million contract for this season. But if you start thinking he's going to be making 15 to $20 million moving forward, to me, it seems like, yeah, you have to probably trade him and get him whatever, whatever you can get with his current value, which right now he's at his peak. This is probably the most you'll ever get for him until maybe the trade deadline. And then from then on, I mean, I don't know what else you can probably do with a $15, $20 million Caleb. I feel like this is the time to trade him if you feel like you can get somebody of Lillard's caliber. And I feel like, to me, if I was the Heat, I would try to trade Caleb before I try try to trade a guy like Jovich and Jaime Hawkins and, and multiple first-round picks, if you, if you can. Mm. The end result of all of this is this is not going to be as easy as Heat fans think it's going to be. And it's, it's not as just simple snap your fingers and all of a sudden, you know, Oh, let's let's pivot to this other free agent. I mean, the, I, to me, the level of creativity they're going to need this summer is probably greater than they've ever needed it before, honestly. Because even even last summer, there wasn't a ton that they could do. But I just you weren't up against this new CBA, and that's that's the difference here. And and, and this me, is the last summer, by the way, since we did. I know we went over the, you know, all the second apron stuff with uh, Bobby Marks, but just yeah. kind of to put a cap on all of this, um, put a bow on all of this, I should say. Um, I like the cap version more. Let's <laughs> put a tax on all of this. That's a cap. That's a cap, as Brian says. Anyways, um, next. So if, if they're going to be a second apron team, which we're assuming right now, almost yeah, it's almost inevitable, right? No matter all of these situations, it's That's almost, not almost inevitable. inevitable. But I mean, it depends on if you feel like they're bringing Gabe or Max back, and if they mm-hmm. can really figure out a way to trim some exactly. salary. Exactly. I think I think they're going to be a second apron team. I think they're going to try to limit them being a second apron team past this season because it's really a one year. Like, yeah, you can be a second apron team. The, the, the really the consequences of being a second apron team are almost nothing. Like, yeah, you lose your your mid level, great. I mean, are you saying you just this can't year? Send up, yeah, this, this, this season. That's what, but like moving what, forward. That's yeah, moving. My point is that like since this is the year, like if you're going to be in the second apron starting now, that means that if you're also set for that, like in in the future. I mean, this is the summer to go all in for a star because you're not going to be able to aggregate 
exactly. these contracts going forward. You're going to have to do these one-for-ones, right? Am I understanding that right? Yeah, you can take back multiple players, but you can't send out multiple players in a deal. So if you want to trade a guy like Duncan Robinson, okay. you can't attach him and a guy like Caleb Martin and go for a guy making 25, 20, 20, between 25 and $30 million. And you, have, you can only trade match at 110% um, starting July 1st, which by the way, I wanted to put that out there. Um, there's been reports that Damian Lillard can't be traded um, for um, during this league year. They're actually, he actually is trailable starting right now. It's not July 9th. So I wanted to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Spotrack updated their website on his page to remove that. But that was something that was flowing out there on, on some of the, the Twitter cap guys. Um, so if they want to make that trade, actually, it kind of incentivizes to do Portland it to maybe do it they, yeah. because that trade match ends up becoming up to 25%. It's a $34 million trade match. They can save some money on that kind of deal rather than doing a $41.5 million trade match putting it out there i mean obviously they have to make that decision now but it complicates it a little harder for miami because you still have tyler hero um tyler hero's contract um with that poison pill until july 1st hits but if you don't think tyler hero's in that deal then there's an avenue for miami to make that deal um potentially with some expirings and, and a guy like Caleb martin yeah they well, need to get back from paris already man they, they need they need cooperation from dame and the blazers to do that and and you know beyond you know just Welcome to Miami playing on IG Live. Uh, thanks to Brian. Check out our stream this week. Check out Miami Heat Beat uh, and all the cool stuff that they do. And uh, and Alex and I will be back with Greg and with Brady over the course of the week. We may do a playback as well uh, on Monday, getting into uh, the Heat's first-round pick, uh, breaking him down a little bit. So check us out there also. Thank you, Brian, and we appreciate it. Um, depressing as it is. <laughs> it's, I, I, I look the cold water in the face is necessary uh, just to calm Heat fans down a little bit here. I think I, and, I'll put it this way: if Heat fans were um, envisioning this summer to be a summer where they're just not running it back and not making any like transactional moves, I think this is a year you'll finally actually have a trade that's worth following. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it'll be the trade that you guys actually want. <laughs> I think that's a fair way to look better at than it. nothing. Just like, just like, like he meant, just do something, right? Even if they'll do not, something, even if it's not the right thing to do, it gives us. It might not be Dame, though. Ex- ex- yeah, it might not be Dame. All right, thanks. Follow it, Brian Brian Goins, and we'll talk to you as the week progresses. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.